Okay, everybody. Um, I want to do just a quick podcast on a quiet place. I know that we might be a little um, a little late with this one because it's been out for a while, um, but I think it's worth commenting on. So, a uh, quiet place, as you guys all probably know, is a 2018. Essentially, it's it's a sort of a sci-fi horror film uh, that is largely uh, the product of John Krasinski of uh, The Office fame. He directed it, he stars in it, and he shares screenplay credit in the movie with Brian Woods and Scott Beck. Um, uh, this movie is essentially a take on the alien invasion film where aliens with uh, incredibly powerful uh, hearing are able to somehow largely uh, defeat humanity and drive the few survivors out into uh, rural areas where they live essentially a life in total silence. Um, the movie also stars uh, Emily Blunt as well as Millicent Simmons and Noah Jupe as um, John Krasinski's uh, family, the Abbots. Much of the movie focuses on what it actually means to live in a world where you can't speak. Uh, the Abbots' entire lives, from the minute they get up, uh, even to when they're sleeping, are built around the idea of never making any sound louder than, for example, a natural background sound that might be heard, heard in the woods. They live in a essentially a farmhouse in the middle of nowhere, uh, in what sure looks like upstate New York. Um, they don't wear shoes. They eat soft food. They don't use plates or cutlery that could clink. Um, they sleep with their doors wide open at night, even though there are alien monsters running about, uh, because I guess to open and close the door would be uh, inviting too much danger. The aliens um, are shown to have essentially heads covered in a sort of plating that allows them to be protected. Uh, the plating can open up so they can hear. There's actually several very, very good shots. I think my favorite shots in the whole movie were actually of the, the alien's ear mechanism to give you the sense that these weren't good ears, these weren't great ears, these were the greatest ears that anyone has ever uh, laid eyes upon. One of the Abbott's uh, children uh, is deaf, and uh, a key plot point is the fact that she has what looks like a hearing aid or a cochlear implant um, that is on the fritz and occasionally emits a high-pitched shrieking feedback whine. Uh, this actually, spoiler alert, proves to be very, very important, and it's this high-pitched feedback noise that is essentially part of the alien's undoing. The Abbots are traumatized by the loss of uh, their third child, uh, essentially in the opening scene of the movie, uh, who uh, turned on a battery-operated uh, toy, uh, announced his presence, and within seconds was uh, captured and killed by the aliens. A key uh, plot point and device used throughout the film to create tension is the fact that Emily Blunt's character, the mother, is pregnant, and her impending delivery... Uh, is a source of much of the focus of the film's attention with the obvious implication that how do you deliver a baby without actually making any noise? And also, how would you cover up the sound of crying of the baby? Uh, the Abbots have plans for all of these eventualities, uh, some of which are um, a little ridiculous uh, and some of which are actually quite frightening. And for example... They have built essentially a small soundproof chamber to put the baby in when it cries, and they've hooked up a sort of jury-rigged oxygen tank so that the baby does not suffocate. Just the idea of a newborn baby locked in this dark box with an oxygen tube uh, I felt was one of the better 
concepts and scarier uh, concepts and visuals in the entire film. I give the filmmakers a lot of credit for making this film. It is essentially, as we like to say, um, a serious science fiction movie. Um, I think Peter and I are both big fans of serious science fiction movies. The movie uh, takes its material very seriously um, and treats its audience um, like smart people. Uh, much of the movie is actually carried out in American Sign Language, uh, and uh, there are subtitles or captions for those scenes so that those of us like myself who do not speak American Sign Language can follow along well. And it's interesting to see the plot unfold in this manner. The movie builds to a uh, fever pitch. Uh, the delivery of the baby comes, which coincides, of course, with an alien attack. Um, the last 20 to 30 minutes of the film is a large and complex series of events that finds the Abbott family scattered around the property, uh, dealing with aliens in various contexts and various ways. And um, as I've already alluded to, and again, the movie's been out for a couple months, so I can talk about this. Um, they eventually are able to use uh, the idea that high-pitched whining feedback makes the aliens vulnerable. The, the thick, dense plates that cover their head, they have to open them periodically and the high-pitched noise allows them to essentially fire a gun at the soft inner part of the alien's uh, brain and kill it. The end of the movie uh, essentially makes clear that uh, the Abbott family will then go ahead and use this technique on other aliens that threaten them. And they finish the film with a, a tremendous sense of confidence that now they have an, a plan to essentially defeat the aliens around them. Whether or not this results in the defeat of the aliens on the Earth is another question entirely. There is a tradition in recent cinema, and um, I mean the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, to have occasional films with little or no dialogue. And this is a hard thing to do because you've really got to captivate and hold the audience's attention by other means, be they uh, visual or emotional or whatever. Uh, a couple came to mind, and again, there's a long list of these going back a long time, but some of the recent ones that I thought of as I was watching this film were uh, All is Lost with Robert Redford from a few years ago, Under the Skin, which has limited but some dialogue, uh, Gus Van Zandt's Elephant, obviously Castaway, uh, The Artist, which is obviously intentionally a silent film, um, and for example, the first part of WALL-E, where WALL-E is essentially alone on the earth. Um and again, I think that it's it's brave and it's ambitious to try to do this. And if you can pull it off, it's super interesting for the audience to to see. I think it's also a challenge for the actors to have to convey so much emotion and plot and story without the luxury of dialogue, essentially as a framework to hold up their characterization. I know that this movie has received very widespread critical acclaim. I think maybe I didn't enjoy it as much as some other people did. I had two main problems with this. One is I thought that to be quite honest, the aliens made no sense. Um, I thought that the aliens were essentially too powerful. I, I found it very, very hard to believe that these aliens somehow overcame all of humanity with no apparent technology. The aliens are literally running around the woods naked, and somehow they have managed to conquer a hyper-technological planet of seven and a half billion people. How many of these aliens could there possibly be? They're literally shown using their sort of blade-like talons to tear people up. Um, there is a photograph of a, a newspaper 
that shows uh, a soldier firing at one with the headline, I believe it is, indestructible. Um, I think that's supposed to address the question for the audience of why don't they just shoot them? Um, I think it's a little bit ridiculous because you see at the end of the film that under the right circumstances, a shotgun is able to kill one of these creatures. It's it's very, very hard to believe that some sort of biological construct uh, or outer coating or armor plating could stop, for example, a rifle bullet or an armor piercing bullet or something even bigger that the military could potentially have. Um the movie essentially climaxes by the idea that they are able to, uh, you know, find a weakness in the alien, uh, its vulnerability to high-pitched shrieking noises. Uh, the humans obviously all know, it's it's shown many times that humans around the world know that um, they have incredible hearing. It's ridiculous to think that no one has tried a sound-based weapon before or to lure them in with noise or to make extremely loud noises or try all sorts of different frequencies to ward them off as the abbots are miraculously able to stumble onto. It's just, it's a little too obvious. The alien hearing also doesn't really make sense. The aliens seem to be able to hear, you know, a pin drop at a thousand yards when it suits the plot and other times they can't. They don't seem to be able to hear footsteps if you're not wearing shoes, which is ridiculous. They don't seem to be able to hear breathing. They don't seem to be able to hear, for example, a human heartbeat. Um, you know, there are some scenes where the aliens are very, very close to the humans, but if the humans hold still, even though they're, you know, obviously deathly afraid, the alien doesn't seem to hear them. And it's just, I found that a little bit much to swallow. Again, it's the conceit that the entire film is built on, and I understand this is a horror science fiction movie, and I've got to suspend my disbelief, but I just, it just seemed very, very stretched to me that uh, these aliens were not vulnerable, for example, to, a, you know, a, a rifle shell. The other big problem I had with the film was that it seemed awful similar to uh, M. Night Shyamalan's Signs, um, especially both thematically and the way that both plots uh, wrapped up. Uh, both plots involve an alien invasion. They focus heavily on one family that takes place in and around a home that is surrounded by a cornfield and features chases through the cornfield. Again, granted, these are old sci-fi tropes, but there's a lot of them, a lot of similarities between this movie and Signs. There's a heavy emphasis on fatherhood and the responsibility for one's children and their potential for their loss and their troubles are really all the father's burden and responsibility. In both films, one child has an illness. In Signs, the, the, the Mel Gibson son has asthma. In A Quiet Place, John Krasinski's uh, daughter is deaf. And uh, in both films, the child's illness becomes critical at the film's climax to resolving the plot. And in both uh, films, the aliens are discovered to have uh, a vulnerability that uh, the humans can exploit uh, to turn the tables on them. Um, in, in Signs, the aliens are essentially uh, incapable of being around water. It's toxic to them. Um, and in quiet a place, of course, it's the, it's the sensitivity to high-pitched sounds. Um, I actually did not know who directed this movie when I was watching it, and I half expected it to say that it was directed by M. Night Shyamalan, although it's directed by Krasinski. There's a couple of uh, there's small things that I uh, sort of rolled my eyes at. Uh, there's one scene, for example, where Emily Blunt is in the basement of the home, which is essentially flooding from, I believe, a broken pipe. Uh, a tremendous amount of water is shown in the basement, and then not long after, the basement is shown to be dry again. That didn't really make sense. There is a um, Chekhov-esque, the writer, not the Star Trek character, there's a Chekhov-esque uh, 
uh, nail sticking up from the floor that is shown in lurid detail. So you know at some point some character is going to step on the nail and have to either scream or suppress a scream. And that's exactly what happens without any real um, cleverness in the way that it's pulled off. It's They essentially telegraph to you uh, 20 beats ahead exactly what's going to happen. And that is, in fact, what happens. It's unclear to me um, at the end of the movie what happens. Do the abbots... Uh, use this newfound knowledge to just stake out their territory and protect themselves and their children? Do they pass this information on to others? Is this the beginning of the worldwide resistance? Uh, we don't know. And as I said earlier, we have no idea how many of these aliens there are, but somehow they managed to conquer uh, what appears to be seven and a half billion humans. Again, I don't want to be too negative. Again, uh, it's a good movie. It's interesting. It held my attention. It's a quick 90 minutes, um, and it does... Uh, convey a lot in that short period of time. I think most people uh, probably like this a little more than I did. It's it's in many ways more a horror film than a sci-fi film, and I'm okay with that. Uh, this type of, I think, story works better uh, largely as a horror film than as a sci-fi film. Overall, it's a good movie. Um, I think probably many people who listen to this podcast will disagree with me when I say that I don't think it's a great movie, but that having been said, it was certainly uh, worth... Uh, a watch, and um, it is a lot of food for thought. I saw it a little bit ago, and I've been thinking about it ever since. So, again, even though I don't think it was perfect and it certainly had its flaws, um, the fact that I'm still thinking about it a day or two later shows that there's a lot of meat on the bone there, and uh, it's a worthy effort overall. Uh, Thanks, everybody. Be back next time.